In today's show, we're looking ahead to a pretty big Wednesday. There are 12 games on. Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and at Substack at joshlloyd48.substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There's 12 games on Wednesday. It's not really a streaming day, so I'm not going to go through streaming targets at the end. And before you switch off, we're going to talk about each of these games individually, give you some injury updates, and also just keep it running in the background if you don't, you know, you oh man, there's no streaming. Yeah, we knew this. There's 12 games on. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting stuff though. I think, I hope, I feel. (laughs) Horny. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wolves Pacers is the first game we're going to take a look at here. And... Minnesota are a one-point favorite. Injuries, Daniel Tice is out. Chris Duarte is out. Kyle Anderson is dealing with those back spasms again. Um, he is questionable, but Jordan McLaughlin has also appeared on the injury report as questionable with a calf strain. Not good for him, considering how well he played last game. For the Pacers, um, Andrew Nembhard is officially questionable with that knee bruise that kept him out of last game. And Isaiah Jackson has appeared as questionable with a foot injury as well. I do want to watch Jordan McLaughlin if he plays because he outplayed D'Angelo Russell last game and a lot of Wolves people are calling for him to start. I I think there's no chance of it happening. But I want to see if Russell stays at like 28, 29 minutes and McLaughlin plays a little bit more. I also want to watch Rudy Gobert because there's a lot of negativity around Gobert always, but a lot of negativity around him at the moment and the Wolves and the trade in general. He took zero shots last game, had a couple of free throws towards the very end. Still got his blocks, still got his rebounds. Hit his free throw somehow. But do they get him involved a little bit more? His usage is really down and it was already really low. Um, I don't think he's as big of a fantasy disappointment as as some do, but I'd like to see him do more. For the Pacers, what about Sticks? Jalen Smith. The putrid up and down of Jalen Smith's season continues. It's more down than up. If Isaiah Jackson does miss, and we know Daniel Tice is out... Will they have to play him at center? Hopefully not. Hopefully they just play Goga Badadze there. But Smith is losing out. Brissett played better than him last game. I think that he is a droppable player. Get that garbage out of here! But maybe he proves me wrong. TJ McConnell was great last game for Indiana. I don't really buy into it. But it was a blowout that gave him that extra value. But where does TJ sit if Nembhard is out? Does he get extra minutes here? I, again, you can stream him maybe on days of low volume, but I think last game, if you do go and add him, you'd be uh, you'd be chasing, and I don't think it's all that uh, likely for him to repeat what he did. The Blazers and Cavs. The Cavs are eight and a half point favorites as I knock my face on the microphone. The um, yeah, the, the Cavs are eight and, a, uh, eight and a half point favorites because Damian Lillard remains out with that calf issue. Gary Payton is out. Ricky Rubio is out. Dylan Windler is out. Karis LeVert has also been ruled out. 
But in good news, Dean Wade is probable, while Kevin Love with that thumb injury is questionable. I have no idea why he played on Monday against Atlanta, played only 12 minutes, but obviously that thumb is causing him problems. They just need to sit him out to let it heal. I don't know whether they will, but we need to watch that. Josh Hart is also on the injury list. He is probable, so we expect him to play. What they do at small forward, does Wade just move straight in over Lamar Stevens? That's what we need to watch. On the Blazers side of things, I'd expect Anthony Simons to carry this team again with Lillard out. And we want to watch that. Like, does the assist rate jump up at the minutes? They're sky high, 36 and 37 the last two. The usage is going to be up. This is a great opportunity to sell high for a top 40 player for Simons, um, which gives me the opportunity to do this. Also, Jeremy Grant, who was unbelievable, dreadful now again. Where does he fit in the middle? There's obviously going to be a usage bump. But so much of what he does depends on uh, efficiency and defensive stats. Can he maintain efficiency while he's forced into a larger offensive role? Speaking of larger offensive roles, I don't think one is coming for Evan Mobley. We saw that weird clip of the whole team being angry at Donovan Mitchell for stealing that extra rebound from Evan Mobley that would have got him a double-double. Man, people love double digits, don't they? They love round numbers. Um, so Mobley, what, what's he going to do to step himself up? Now, he has stepped himself up a little bit. He's top 50 over the last week or last two weeks. But it still doesn't feel like he's taken big steps forward. So let's watch to see if anything can change there. And then Darius Garland. I mainly want to watch Darius Garland because I want to watch the Garland-Mitchell interplay, how the assists and usage go between those two. Also, if you are watching this on YouTube, who do you think finishes higher this season, Garland or Mitchell? Please drop that in the comments. Might drop an Instagram post on that as well. That's going to be something that's, uh, I think, really interesting to watch. The next game is the Sixers and the Hornets. It is a back-to-back for Philadelphia. They play Brooklyn on Tuesday. They're still going to be without Embiid, Harden, Maxi. Um, LaMelo Ball is out for Charlotte. Cody Martin is out for Charlotte. Um, Philadelphia, well, who else? So Tobias Harris is likely to play Tuesday, so we expect him to play here. Matisse Thibel's off the injury report, but I don't know if anyone's going to get hurt in Tuesday's game. Pretty obviously, because I'm not, I can't soothsay like that. For Charlotte, it's just Ball and Martin who are sidelined on the. Um, I just realized that that graphic is wrong, and I am uh, not feeling good about it. All right, we're back in business now with a better graphic. Um, I want to watch for the Sixers. What happens in the backcourt with Shake Milton? And DeAnthony Melton. I do think they're both 12-team league guys, but Melton prioritized over Milton. But we'll get an extra data point on Tuesday as well as to how Milton looks. And then I want to watch Montrez Harrell. Now, normally I'm not a big Montrez Harrell guy, as you're well aware, but we've seen so many times centers go off against Charlotte. I don't know what Doc Reed will do with PJ Tucker or Harrell or Reed that starts, but we want Harrell has the best fantasy upside most likely especially for points leagues, although if Reed actually played 30 minutes, he probably would. So let's see Harold, like it's a placeholder name for watching the center rotation. For the Hornets, Terry Rozier is really struggling. I think he is. I didn't include him on my buy low show, but I think he is a buy low guy. But there is the possibility that he's just reverted back to being Boston and early um, Charlotte Terry Rozier, a guy that can't shoot. That's possible. I do think the steals are going to have to come back up, but let's see him turn it around. And then the center spot, Big Dick Nick Richards was really good last game. But given Steve Clifford, who they have a lottery pick. Lottery pick? No, he wasn't quite a lottery pick. Uh, Mark Williams, center, who just doesn't play. And we knew this is the case. He's going to rely on crusty-ass veterans to, to, to play big minutes. Can Richards step ahead in his third year ahead of Plumley? I really doubt it. Can we get a minute split? I really doubt it. But Richards is playing well. And he's won for at least, uh, for, for 
us to at least watch, I guess is the, the way I'm trying to say that really clumsily. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. Let's get back to the next game. It is the Kings and the Hornets. Sacramento is on a back-to-back here in this one. Of course, I'm always going to be paying attention to the greatest shooter of all time, De'Aaron Fox. When is that regression going to come? It, it is going to come. When? I don't know. Am I going to look stupid if it doesn't? Of course I am. But I am staking my claim that he will not remain a 56% field goal guy. But he's playing well. They're super fun at the moment. This will be a huge win if they can get it. I also want to watch Malik Monk. Uh, last game, he got ejected after like 19 minutes. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. I think he's still a fringe 12-team league player. By all, by no means is he must roster or a guy that you have to hold on to. I just dropped him in one of my leagues to add someone else. But I think he's solid enough to play those 24, 25 minutes and be a useful back-end 12-team league player. Let's see if that continues. For the Hawks, right? what we want to see here with Atlanta is AJ Griffin. Bogdan Bogdanovich is out, but DeAndre Hunter is going to return. He's probable to return from that illness. We saw last game, Griffin started, played 36 minutes and looked great. The game before he played 27 minutes. The game before he played 21 minutes. What role do they give him? Does he play minutes ahead of Hunter? Probably unlikely. But in that game prior when Hunter played and played big minutes, we saw Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday barely play at all. So is that going to be the thing? And Griffin just gets 28 minutes off the bench like a Bogdan Bogdanovich role? That makes him streamable in at least 14 team leagues. Also, want to watch John Collins, who is you know, okay. I don't know how much more upside there is in him uh, on this team, but at least he stabilized from where he was really struggling. But let's get a few more shots, Johnny. Let's do a little bit more. Um, I don't know that that happens, but I'm always going to hold out a little bit of hope for him. The Mavs and the Celtics. Boston is a six-point favorite. Rob Williams is out. Spencer Dinwiddie, after that shoulder dislocation, he is questionable, while Maxi Kleber is doubtful. And Jason Tatum has also popped up on the injury report with an ankle sprain. He heard it last game. He stayed in, but we know ankles can often swell up, and we obviously want to pay attention there. If Tatum misses, you're going to get more minutes for guys like White and Brogdon as Jalen Brown pushes up and play the three. You're going to get Rob Williams, uh, sorry Grant Williams play a lot at the four. You're going to probably get some extra minutes from guys like Sam Hauser, who's really one of their only other forward-sized players. I don't think any of those guys, like, oh, sorry, that's not true. Brogdon and White, yes, they could become streamers if Tatum's out. There is value in them there. For the Mavs, Christian Wood. I want to watch him, but I also also don't, like, because I sort of know what's going to happen. Ups and downs in terms of playing time, rough percentages at times, good percentages at times, 30 usage, 20 usage. It's going to be inconsistent. But does Kidd commit to playing him more? Also, Josh Green, who's outplayed Reggie Bullock most of this season. 
He's also shooting at an astonishingly high rate, Green. I think he's one of the best shooters in the NBA by numbers. Now, he's not that player. So there is going to be a pretty significant drop-off. But what I'm more interested in in Green is role. Is it 16 minutes? Or can he push to 25 and reduce what Finney Smith and Bullock are doing? Or even Hardaway? That's what we need to watch. He's not a 12-team league guy, Green, at all. For the Celtics, people overreacted to Al Horford early in the season. And then last game, he was 0 of 9, and they overreacted there. Now, someone told me they were going to drop him. I don't know if they were taking the piss or not. But that's the overreaction we're looking for when we're trying to buy low or grab guys off waiver-wise. I expect Horford to bounce back after that poor performance. But let's watch it. Also, Brogdon, he had a great performance. She shot 80% on threes, I think, last game, and scored really well in limited minutes. But if Tatum plays, what does he do? Like, does he play 21 minutes or 22 minutes? Does he play 26 minutes? How does the Brogdon and White combination go? I really don't think Brogdon is absolutely a must-roster 12-team league guy, but we want to really watch it after he played so well last game. The Wizards in the Heat. For um, Washington, DeLon Wright is out. He's out for another three weeks at least with that hamstring problem. Victor Oladipo is out as well in Miami. Um, and there's quite a few questionable players that we've got to talk about on both teams. More injury statuses. We'll go through it. Bradley Beal is officially questionable. Monte Morris is questionable. That ankle soreness. Rui Hachimura is questionable. You know, if one or two of those guys are out, someone like Corey Kispert really steps up. And then Kyle Kuzma gets a big bump in assist rate and in usage. They're going to be your two big winners in that scenario. Maybe even Jordy Goodwin if a couple of those players miss. But last game, he didn't really get that big bump. Now, I created this graphic. And then just as I'm gone to record it, the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, is out. So I did want to watch him, but he's out. So no, I'm not going to watch that. The other Heat injuries, Jimmy Butler is out. Duncan Robinson is out. Victor Oladipo is out. But Bam Adebayo is listed probable. Tyler Hero is officially questionable. And that is a good sign. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. He hasn't played in almost three weeks, Hero. So getting upgraded to questionable is good. Gabe Vincent is questionable. Dwayne Dedman is questionable as well. So there's just going to be value all over the shop. So I did want to watch... Max Struess, I don't anymore because he's out. So that's Caleb Martin that moves in there. And little Chungus Nikolajovic that we want to watch. There's Kyle Lowry who's also, everyone's hurt except for the guy that we worried about getting hurt. Well, that's not true because Butler we worried about. But Lowry is playing really well at the moment. It might be a little bit of a sell high moment for him, but I honestly doubt anyone's going to buy into that. But that's what we want to pay attention to is to how the value gets distributed with Butler and Struess out again. It's going to be Martin. It's going to be Lowry. And where does Hero fit in if he does actually play? The Nets and the Raptors are back-to-back for Brooklyn. They played the Sixers on Tuesday. Tony Warren will be out. Pascal Siakam is out, but returning next week. Um, Precious Achua is out. While we weren't sure about Nick Claxton, but now we do know he's playing Tuesday, so he should be right to go in this one. Yuta Watanabe is out for Tuesday with a hamstring, so he might return Wednesday. And then Scott Barnes has uh, popped up on the Raptors injury report, but not with a knee injury. Sorry, not with an ankle injury, a knee injury. So he's questionable. Now, Gary Trent and Chris Boucher have missed the last couple. They're both going to return. But if Barnes is out, that really helps the value of Boucher. But remember, they've only got a two-game week here. It's a good stream option, if it makes sense. But Boucher, in the situation where Barnes is out, and if we do hear Barnes is out, then Boucher does become useful enough because he'd be in your active lineup. But say Barnes plays and Trent's back, and the only real rotation player we're missing is Siakam, I'm not sure Boucher's worth it in that scenario. For the Nets, we want to watch Claxton, and by you know, association, what does that mean for Simmons? 
Does Claxton start? We'll get an idea on Tuesday, but where do the minutes go? Because he's looking like a drop or at least looking like he's trending towards a drop. Let's get some more data in. And then that's the Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. Curry probably has the best upside if everything goes his way, but they're giving the minutes to O'Neal and that's leaving Curry as a 12-team waiver wire player. For the Raptors, Thad Young should start again at center and with Siakam out, he is useful enough to be a 12-team league guy and probably should be streamed through. Again, just a streamer. You don't want to hold for a two-game week. And then let's watch Gary Trent. We had him on the Buy Low, Sell High show earlier today. We know he's struggling with a lot of things, but let's see if we get some turnaround. I'm not convinced that he remains must roster all season, but I am pretty sure he's going to be better than what we've currently seen from him so far. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, the FIFA World Cup, esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And you can go check out the odds for the NFL this week in Week 12, where your New York Jets, with or without Zach Wilson at quarterback, I don't know, they're four and a half point favorites ahead of the Chicago Bears. The Bengals are two-point favorites on the road against the Titans. All the odds for Week 12 at the NFL are up over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Bulls and the Bucks. The Bucks are seven-point favorites in this one. Unless something changes, Chris Middleton is expected to be out with that wrist issue still, we don't actually know when he's coming back. Hopefully, it's soon. Wes Matthews is questionable, while LaMelo Ball and uh, Joe Ingles is, is out as well. On the bull side of things, Pat Williams played really well last game. He's shooting really, really good numbers for the season. The usage is just down. He's more of a 12-team streamer guy, a blocks type of player. But I think he does have a roster spot there. And we also want to watch the big guy, the man in the middle, Nikola Vucevic. Really low usage last time against Boston. He's had some really bad percentage games, but he's rock solid in terms of minutes and roll. There's going to be ups and downs, but the production's okay. So let's see if he can actually start to hit some shots at a consistent rate. For the Bucks, I had Bob Portis on the buy low, sell high show today, talking about selling high. Um, his minutes are up this season. He's, um, he's assisted double what they were last year. I don't really buy Portis as being that guy that maintains that. And with a team that's getting healthy, not quite there, but with Connaughton back and Drew back, like where does Portis fit? Let's watch his role. Let's also watch the worst player in the NBA for fantasy over the last two weeks. Giannis Literally the worst. I think he's ranked 418th in category leagues because the free throw percentage is so bad. And that's why you always need to be cautious about looking at all-in-one ranking numbers. Giannis was great last game, bad from the free throw line, but that's the thing I want to watch. Like, can Giannis, look, Giannis used to be a 75% guy. This is all mental, clearly. And it's at like career worst levels. Give us some improvement, big fella. Pelicans, Spurs. Pelicans are seven point favorites in this one. Zach Collins is out, Blake Wesley is out. I believe there's been an update since I've done this on Kenneth Murphy. Yeah, he is doubtful. And Romeo Langford is questionable coming off COVID. For the Pelicans, I want to watch Zion Williamson. He's been probably a little bit disappointing. Would have hoped for a little bit more. He started off the season with some good defensive numbers. That sort of faded away. He's been good, but he hasn't really blown us away yet. Like I would have hoped he could have got, you know, 29, 30 points a game on 60% shooting. I think that was possible. But he's not quite there yet. So let's see what he's able to bring us. 
And then Larry Nance Jr., who's been really strong most games. He only played 18 minutes against the Warriors in a blowout, but the game before that, he was at 27. Is he a 20, high 20s minutes player? I think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, and let's watch what his role looks like. For the Spurs, Keldon Johnson was on my buy-low show. He's in a real massive slump at the moment, Yeah, punctuated by last game where he shot like 20% from the field. He's going to improve, but also have some expectations in check as to what his actual upper level is. And then Trey Jones, is you know, he's quite a poor shooter. He's been solid. I wouldn't say he's been great. I, I do think he remains must-roster. But I'd like to see a little bit more from Trey. The thing is that there's no one really behind him that's taking stuff away. He just is struggling. So there is room for him to improve, I think, here. The Nuggets and the Thunder, this is a back-to-back for Denver. Um, We don't know about a lot of these players because we know that Jokic and Murray aren't going to play Tuesday, but I don't know their status for Wednesday, whether they return. The big stiffy has popped up as ill again. How many times is this guy going to miss for being sick? Um, Jeff Green is out on Tuesday. We don't know if he's ready to play there. While Alexei Pokyshevsky, at the time of me recording this, is questionable with that ankle sprain. I think Poku is a 12-team league guy, and I think Bones probably is as well. But there's going to be so much to look at on this Nuggets team when these players return. Let's watch Bones, who's who was on the Buy Low, Sell High show as well with really high usage and really high minutes. If Jokic and Murray do play, what's Bones' role? And how does that impact the Shark, Bruce Brown, who also has been really good? Like, if you've got Bones and Brown, I think you hold them just to see what happens when these players return. But we don't know that. For the Thunder, I want to watch the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. He moved to the bench last game and played still 26 minutes. So he hasn't gone under 26 minutes in the last four, despite not starting two of those. So even in the two games off the bench, 28 and 26. That's really encouraging. Does he go back and start if Poku's available? I want to see him stay at that above 25-minute-night role. That makes him a 12-team league stashable player. And then Shea Gildas-Alexander, I haven't really talked about him much. He's dropped off a little bit. Some of the efficiencies fallen away, and there was some numbers that were pretty high that were going to be hard to maintain. I still think he can be a first-round guy rest of the season, but let's just keep an eye on some of that crazy efficiency stuff that was happening for him early in the year. The Pistons and the Jazz. Back-to-back for Detroit. The Jazz are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Stewart's out, Bay's out, Cunningham's out, and almost definitely Mike Conley's out. That has not been officially uh, announced, but I'm pretty sure he'll be out. For the Pistons, I want to watch Jaden Ivey. How bad is his impact on free throws and field goals going to be? More so field goals. Um, he is a 12-team must-roster player, but there's going to be some issues there. And can he improve his assist rate? Also, want to watch Isaiah Livers. I expect he gets another opportunity to start, but maybe not. Like, he's really sucked in nearly every game he's played this season. And I'm ready to give up on him as a starter caliber player really soon. I don't think he's worth a 12-team league roster spot, but we get extra data points on Tuesday as well. For the Jazz, Colin Sexton was really quite poor, as he has been all season, in his replacement of of Mike Conley. I think if you do have him, you probably hold through it. But when Conley's back, I I don't think there's any need to hold Colin Sexton. Look, honestly, if you wanted to be hyper cold and aggressive with it now, you just wouldn't bother with him right now. But... There is opportunity there, and that makes me feel like I want to hold a bit more, but I don't think he's very good. And then there's Jared Vanderbilt Bar, who is playing well, but his minutes always appear capped. Like he's getting 24, 25, 26, whether it's through foul trouble or something else. And his overall upside is capped as well. The steals haven't been there as much as they've been in Minnesota. I do think he remains a 12-team must roster, but that might change if he does, doesn't push to 30 minutes. The last game of the night, is the Clippers and the Warriors. The Warriors are six-point favorites. 
Everyone missed last game for the Warriors. Clay, Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, they'll all be back. I don't expect Paul George to play in this game with that hamstring tendon. I think he's going to miss at least a week, but we don't know that officially. And Luke Kennard could be out as well. We had the buy low, sell high, and we talked about the big fella, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Do something, Kawhi. Like, that, that usage up. It's at 19%. You're hitting 10% of threes. Play 25 minutes. Show me something. That's what I want to watch. I also want to watch Norman Powell, whose last two games have been great. Now, it has coincided with the absence of Paul George and the usage in minutes have gone up. But when George plays and Kennard plays, where the hell does Powell fit? That's why I don't think he's a must-roster guy. But the last two games, and the same goes with Reggie Jackson, would suggest that you do want them. I'm not convinced that that sticks. There's a lot of guys to watch from the Clippers. Powell, Jackson, Wall, who are and, and Morris, who's dropped off. But those four guys are all very fringy, and they're going to go back and forward and back and forward. And I don't know that one of them really established themselves as that must roster ahead of the rest. For the Warriors, Clay Thompson's last two games have been much better. It did help that he played against Houston. He scored 41 with 10 triples. Is that the outlier? Is he back? Can he do it again? Against a really good team, let's see. Well, Kevon Looney's been like a fringe back-end 12-team league guy. Good rebounds, good out-of-position assists, solid percentages or solid field goal percentage. He's not a must-roster guy by any stretch, but he is a solid enough starting center or, sorry, starting NBA center, um, you know, 13th man on a 12-team roster. Andre Iguodala, of course, will remain out. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.